Right, I think we're live. Namaste and welcome to the Bharat Vartha Weekly. I'm Roshan Karyapa. I have with me Abhishek Paul and Nirav Kanodra here to take you through the news and events of the week that was. Uh, well, plenty of things happened. I mean, we're going to talk about, of course, uh, the Ganesh Chaturthi celebrations uh, across the country. The government placing an order for 66 crore doses of Covishield. Uh, updates on the BRIC summit that happened. The sudden resignation of Gujarat uh, Chief Minister Mr. Vijay Rupani, uh, and of course the India England Test match uh, being cancelled. Um, this was also the uh, the week where uh, it was the 20th anniversary of uh, the 9-11 attacks uh, uh, on the World Trade Center. So Abhishek, Nirav, any memories? What were you guys doing when uh, you know it happened? Abhishek? Yeah, so I was in Kolkata those days and uh, for some reason I had turned on the TV sometime around 7 or 8 in the evening and then obviously like everyone else sat and watched with horror what was happening kind of one of those unforgettable evenings yeah. in your life absolutely absolutely yeah. i remember just being out on the road and like you know people just coming out of their houses saying what the hell is happening right i remember a few of our friends uh, gathered uh, outside of our houses uh, talking about it it's just crazy scenes yeah nirav yeah no similar so when i i think on uh, one of the tv news channels they suddenly showed it first i refused to believe that it had happened i thought it's like some promo for a upcoming Hollywood movie yeah. and uh, it took a lot of time for it to sink in and this kind of like changed flying, changed airport security, all of that uh, yeah. forever, right? So definitely these images are like lasting, like people started saying, oh, do you want to go like abroad for a master's or whatever? Th th those kind of conversations are happening immediately. Mm. But yeah, uh, that moment is unforgettable and like 20 yeah. years later, we've got Taliban back in power. Uh, little seems to be uh, ch have changed in Afghanistan. Yeah, so, uh, no, it's such an insane uh, moment, right, in history. I mean, I remember George Bush's comment also, right, something like, we'll smoke him out or something. Well, anyway, uh, so we put out a couple of very interesting episodes last week, one on the COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, Dr. Yogesh Panchwag is, of course, on the front lines. Uh, uh, they've administered something like 170,000 doses since March. And uh, he took us through, you know, the various nuances of really what is happening on the ground. How are we able to, you know, do one crore vaccinations a day, the different agencies is coming together, the role of technology and so on and so forth. Uh, it was a fascinating episode. And of course, I mean, we did a very fun episode, fun for me, of course, episode with uh, Rajiv Mantri and Nimish Joshi on everything that's happening in the startup ecosystem right now. Uh, we did an episode earlier and this was sort of a logical follow-up to that where uh, a lot of the startups that we spoke about then are now, you know, filing for uh, uh, IPO, right? And, and they're filing for IPO in India, no less. So yeah, two very interesting episodes. Uh, do check it out if you haven't uh, already. So let's move on to the first piece of news. Uh, obviously, Ganesh Chaturthi being celebrated uh, across the country uh, on Friday, one of the most uh, popular festivals. Uh, and uh, in this sort of a doom and gloom sort of a situation, I think this uh, signaled a sort of a recovery from that, right? Also do check out the episode we did last year with Amit Paranjpe and uh, Vivek Ketan on the history and significance of uh, Ganesh Chaturthi itself. A lot of uh, fascinating anecdotes. So Nirav, how are your celebrations in Singapore? Yeah, so, uh, here actually in Singapore, for me personally, uh, there's an Indian school which has a Ganpati Pandal, uh, where obviously due to COVID restrictions, uh, all those things apply. But similarly, as in Ganesh Chaturthi, like as you mentioned, like the history has already been discussed on but it was one form where all community got together and uh, prior to like 1892 it was more of a personal affair uh, where people got a Ganpati idol in their own house with Lokmanya Tilak popularizing it in his uh, newspaper Kesri. Uh, so the Sarvajanik Mandals and it got community together played a very big part in 
Indian freedom struggle. I think what has happened over the last few years pre-COVID was some of these pandals started becoming like bigger and grander and there was a lot of competition and maybe some of them actually lost the original purpose of what it was meant to be uh, playing like loud Bollywood music etc. Now like unfortunately due to COVID like the state of Maharashtra has put in uh, a lot of restrictions. Uh, People are using technology to have like online darshan and like artis people participate via like Zoom meeting. Uh, Also in terms of immersion of idols I think that was like a very big issue where idols were made out of plaster of Paris and non-biodegradable and they would float back from the sea. I think uh, now with a little more focus where people are saying that immersion can be done in a small tank or you have smaller size of idols. So I think some of these changes which are being brought about by COVID probably they will kind of uh, be a part of society as well. Uh, Maybe instead of uh, having too many uh, huge pandals uh, it'll become a smaller affair but more focus on like community gathering together so let us see I think hopefully this is the last one with COVID restrictions next year it should be one without so yeah fingers crossed and as Lord Ganesha is always mentioned at the start of good things hopefully we are on our way of exit from COVID yeah rumor of obstacles and we need him now more than ever all right moving on the central government has placed an order for 66 crore doses of Covishield uh, this order is to be supplied by December uh, in line with the 20 crore dose per month manufacturing capacity of Serum Institute. On August 31st, as the cumulative COVID-19 vaccine doses administered in the country crossed the 65 crore mark, out of which SII alone had supplied more than 60 crore doses. So Abhishek, a pretty important uh, moment on this, right? Yeah. So, I mean, as you said, on August, we were at 65 crores. I think by yesterday, we were close to 74 crores. I was checking. Progress is happening quite smoothly as of now in terms of daily and weekly vaccinations and Covishield of course Serum's Covishield is providing like more than 80-85% of the total vaccines that are being administered in India right so Bharat Biotech unfortunately has not been able to ramp up as much as expected and the supply of Sputnik also is very little so we are primarily dependent on Covishield uh, and it's good that the government has ordered 66 crore uh, doses more I think the monthly capacity is as you said around 20 crores now for Serum Institute for Covishield. Going forward, a lot more people would be getting their second doses. That sort of vaccination part of it will happen pretty smoothly because I guess people who have taken one will not have a problem taking the second dose. Uh, We'll soon be probably reaching those numbers who are kind of okay with the vaccine, right? And then the next challenge will come in terms of convincing people who are still hesitant, right? So the progress of first doses from maybe let's say November, December onwards will get little slow, right? Because then only the hesitant population will be remaining while the second dose part will continue sort of smoothly so interesting to see as your guest as well uh, mentioned right removing hesitancy now for the let's say the last 20 percent of the population will be a big uh, challenge. Also, interestingly, the PM had a meeting on the COVID response and preparedness for the so-called third wave which could come, right? A lot of lessons would have been taken uh, in terms of what happened in the second wave. And the festive season which has now started is also something for authorities to keep a close watch on in terms of how the cases develop. Alright, uh, in an unexpected political development, the Gujarat Chief Minister, Mr. Vijay Rupani, has handed in his resignation. His resignation came a year ahead of assembly elections in the state. The former Chief Minister also did not answer any questions pertaining to why he left. He's the third BJP Chief Minister to step down in recent months after B.S. Yadurappa in uh, 
Karnataka and Tirath Singh Rawat uh, in Uttarakhand. Nirav, uh, so what is really happening here? Since there's been no official communication on the reason, uh, one can only speculate like why uh, Rupani has resigned. But there was always a little bit of murmur against uh, his leadership in handling the second wave of COVID. Also, I think Rupani is a little more soft-spoken personality. That's, I think, a personality trait, uh, which probably didn't go down as well, where uh, a lot of other politicians were over-communicating. He was a little bit quieter. Whatever the reasoning may be, I think uh, what this shows is uh, probably BJP has people listening to uh, people on the ground. If there is some kind of dissatisfaction, uh, they've taken step to make the CM take responsibility and he has stepped down. So in other states, it's different reasons. Uh, but here, for this reason, probably Pani has handed in his resignation. So what happens is that before the election next year, the anti-incumbency factor doesn't come into play. So if you're dissatisfied with this PM, you're saying, okay, this feedback has been taken. Some replacement has been done and uh, they'll project a new face. Exactly about five years ago, a little over five years ago, Rupani replaced Anandi Ben Patel as CM a year before the previous election in 2017. So in 2016, he replaced, he's completed his five-year term. In Gujarati, there's a saying, so that is, that means that you build the dam before the flood, before the monsoons come in, right? So probably they're doing that. There are a lot of people in contention who will be the next CM. They will take into account all sorts of things. Uh, one of them probably is uh, Health Minister Mansuk Mandavia, though. I would think it's unlikely given he's just become the health minister. There are a couple of other names floating around. There is Nitin Patel, CR Patel, Gordon uh, Zadafia. Let us see what turns up. But this is, I would say, in politics, all these things happen. You see the party thinking, what is it? That's the best decision with an eye to remain in power and uh, win the upcoming next election. Yeah, I think they've been extremely proactive for... Uh in in all of the states uh, right on that front all right the prime minister chaired the 13th BRICS uh, summit he spoke about afghanistan covid and more some of the highlights of the summit included the BRICS counter terrorism action plan uh, collaboration to fight against the pandemic and also talks of political partnerships the leaders also expressed concerns over the latest developments in afghanistan and called for refraining from violence and settling the situation by peaceful means Abhishek, uh, what do you make of the summit? Yeah, so another summit held digitally. Uh, so it seems Afghanistan was obviously a major focus area and talked about a lot during this uh, BRICS summit. The tone and tenor of the, dec- I mean, the statements that have come out are obviously much more grim this year compared to last year, right? So last year they were talking about a more hopeful future for Afghanistan and all that. Uh, this year, their the concern seems to be to sort of focus on the fallout of the Taliban takeover, right? So in terms of, I mean, the countries expressed that no terror threat should emanate from the soil of, of Afghanistan, right? Uh, I think Russia was the only country which sort of put a finger on the United States states and sort of blamed them for their actions in Afghanistan. The others were probably more circumspect. Apart from Afghanistan, as you said, I think COVID response uh, was the other important part coming out from the big summit. So I think China made a particular uh, uh, statement in terms of how they will strengthen global cooperation in the health sector. And also they made some commitment of further donation of vaccines to developing countries. So yeah, interesting uh, stuff. But in general, I think the BRICS, at least in my opinion, the BRICS sort of 
forum is not a very very relevant forum because each of these countries has a very very different outlook and position right now even though there was some economic maybe demographic commonality a few years back i think all these countries have taken a fairly different path forward and so i'm not very sure in terms of how relevant this forum is the american automaker ford has announced that it will exit india the company will end manufacturing operations in india and close their plants at sanand and chennai uh, they've reported a loss of 2 billion dollars over 10 years uh, approximately 4000 employees are expected to be affected by the restructuring uh, yeah and ford india will also work with dealerships to transition them from sales to service nirav i mean what do you uh, why do you think this happened i mean ford hasn't been doing well in india for a while now right but uh, this decision to exit uh, has come after 10 years yeah so yeah, i think there are a lot of factors in play so one is that the indian car market is predominantly a small car market and ford being an american company their range is like mid size sedans and higher one is like the market fit two is in terms of like getting market share uh, you have like dominant players like maruti tata and mahindra on the higher end hyundai is one company which has gotten in and has done very well with the smaller car segment uh, you also have toyota and honda in the mid size sedan segment which are competing with i think see it's an issue about like getting the business model right getting the conditions right ford also expected uh, india to sign some ftas free trade agreements with the european union or like uk where they could possibly manufacturing in india and sell overseas those haven't come through as well despite they see it's a business decision they tried to enter india did not get a foothold either locally or keep it as a manufacturing hub but i think it's important for them to be able to exit easily also 4000 employees affected probably about 500 will still be there manufacturing spare parts uh, for the existing customers here as well as some for export and when anyone sees that a company could shut its operations down and exit without like a much higher additional cost it actually enables other companies to be more comfortable setting up new plant any business is a risky venture sometimes the risk pays off sometimes it doesn't and we need to think about like creative destruction sanand is an automobile hub as well as chennai and hopefully all the workers get uh, their skilled labor uh they get are uh, reemployed by other companies hopefully the transition isn't too bad for them but otherwise i think it's a business decision they've lost 2 billion dollars you have to call a stop somewhere and you should respect that decision i think if anything our uh, legal framework should make it smoother and not throw in more spanners in the work for them to exit this is a very strong signal just like the bankruptcy code is a strong signal that please do take risk do invest in business if it doesn't go well things are not that bad that is what it is and it also gives an idea about that the indian car market is also like a small car market the advent of uh, uber ola and other ride sharing platforms a lot of car purchases have been delayed or the life cycle for upgrading a car has been delayed like one single car when it is bought by for personal use is parked maybe 22 23 hours a day whereas like a ola or a uber car is operating 15 to 16 hours a day right so there is more utilization per unit car produced so that's also a thing and unfortunately like ford couldn't manage to crack the market hopefully india does finally have a free trade agreement with the uk and with the eu other manufacturers can export spare parts or export cars and maybe who knows ford and earlier gm who had left reverse their decisions and choose to invest again uh, do you attribute anything to any macroeconomic conditions at all no i think i don't think uh, it's so much so about like macroeconomic conditions uh, indian car sales came out recently uh, after like the big plunge in covid uh, those numbers look good again uh, india is a very large two wheeler market and for cars predominantly small cars and some suvs 
it's just a product market fit suvs are dominated by mahindra and tatas uh, small cars are dominated by maruti and uh, hyundai and sometimes what happens is a lot of these car companies are also locking in the customers where they upgrade their car they buy back the old car and sell them like a new car so it is difficult to put a toe hold in the market and you've seen that so ford will still be selling uh, cars through their dealer network but they will be like uh, completely knocked down units and reassembled so i think 500 employees still will be retained but probably about 4000 employees might lose their jobs all right moving on um in some interesting news the central government has approved a plan for six more eyes in the sky this project conducted in collaboration with drdo has cleared a budget of 11000 crores uh they will take six aircraft from air india and fit them with airborne early warning and control systems abhishek this looks uh, pretty interesting what is the significance of this yes so basically what is going to happen is as you said uh, six passenger aircrafts uh, which are basically manufactured by airbus Uh, they are being taken over by the uh, i mean armed forces and then an rfp will come out which will basically uh, be for modifying these aircraft and once these aircrafts are modified and made fit to purpose then these drdo manufactured uh, radars right will be fit onto these aircrafts and then they will become these eyes in the sky as you say now in terms of uh, significance uh, so i was just going through an article in the print and there they talk about how the uh, criticality of these aircrafts right uh, were felt during the india pakistan sort of aerial duel which happened in 2019 now it seems pakistan has a large number of such early warning aircrafts with them uh, and uh, they took advantage of some gaps in the indian side uh, during that so uh, it seems like this is a sort of important gap to fill for the indian air force and it's good that uh, the radar system will be a homemade one uh, by drdo yeah so apparently the aw and c can detect and track all flying objects in the sky um, including incoming fighters cruise missiles yeah. uh, drones and so on yeah all right uh, in a rather disappointing end to a series uh, the fifth test match between india and england was cancelled uh, the england and wales cricket board said in a statement that it is cancelled due to fears of uh, an increase in the number of covid cases at the indian camp India were leading the five match series 2 to 1 after a thumping victory at the oval where they won the match by 157 runs however three members of their support staff including head coach uh, Ravi Shastri has tested uh, had tested positive for covid uh, nirav rather disappointing end to a series uh, was really looking forward to uh, the fifth test right oh yeah absolutely it's it's quite disappointing i think uh, looking at the previous four test matches and with full stadiums it really felt nice that like you know england has come out of covid and uh, all the steps that they've taken uh, so you felt nice but like unfortunate uh, that ravi shastri and uh, the physio and another support staff uh, they were down with covid uh, despite being vaccinated so there are some breakthrough infections as well uh, 
meanwhile a lot of people are complaining uh, that this is due to uh, the ipl which starts in a week's time and dubai has uh, imposed uae has imposed a, a six day quarantine for people coming from the uk uh, due to the rise in covid cases there so not so sure i think uh, given that the safety of all players as well as uh, uh, like mental health uh, concerns where if players are always concerned about their safety they would not be performing at peak potential this may be like the right decision india was willing to probably forfeit the game uh, without a ball being bowled but i think uh, senior heads have uh, prevailed and uh, there will be one match next summer uh, in england when uh, india england odi series is to be played so in addition to that one test will be carried forward and the series will uh, be a five match series played over two years uh you have the next ipl coming up from next week and then after uh that's till 15th of october and then from there till 15th of november in uae you have the world t20 so i think uh the fans will have a lot to watch uh despite the uh, unfortunate uh, thing that this uh, series got cancelled there has been a lot of uh, questions about commitment to test cricket or like commitment to england and wales cricket board but i don't think uh, that is the case it is uh, what was like the safe or the prudent thing to do has been done and the uh, next match will be rescheduled it will probably even be better for england uh, they are missing couple of uh, star players uh, jofra archer and ben stokes due to injury and they will be back maybe we'll see a full strength england team so uh, yeah uh, fingers crossed everything moves fine yeah no it must really take a toll on people's uh, mental uh i mean mental health as well right being in a bubble for so long uh yeah abhishek uh, any final thoughts yeah i mean bit unfortunate right uh, we were all looking forward to see and actually convincingly win the series maybe 3-1 right uh, but yeah i mean obviously health has to take precedence over uh, any other thing and i'm uh, not very sh- i like the ipl plays a factor so much so that they could not delay this series by let's say 3 4 days uh, had it been uh, had the ipl not been there that could have happened but that's about it it's not like just because the ipl was there that people were pulling out the concerns were real right because the physio uh, who got uh, tested positive would have been in very close contact with most of the players so their concerns were pretty valid yeah for sure all right so that's an end to this weekly uh, we have some stellar episodes coming up guys uh, so we have uh, uh, battles of the maratha empire with author anish gokhale uh, this was hosted by uh, uh, another author that uh, you know was on the episode was on the podcast earlier uh, miss uh, ami ganatra uh, that's a fascinating uh, you know fascinating episode for all history buffs uh, we also have a series in collaboration with uh, uh Velina Chakarova uh, who you've heard on uh, a podcast earlier discussing the role of US right uh, so we're we're producing a series with Velina called Velina Talks uh, and uh, in this first uh, edition uh, she spoke to Hizbullah Khan who is a journalist in uh, Afghanistan right and uh, again with everything that's happening there it's uh, it's you know it's it's going to be a very interesting episode for you uh, and of course uh, the big one uh, sir jeffrey himself uh, sir jeffrey archer who is perhaps you know the world's uh, 
maybe the top five best-selling authors of uh, of uh, of the current era, right? So uh, we'll be hosting him in collaboration with uh, our friends at uh, CFOC. Uh, do check it out, and if you have questions for him as well, uh, please uh, shoot this uh, to our social handles on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we'll take it up. Abhishek, Nirav, anything in particular that you're looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, uh, I have definitely read books by Jeffrey Archer, so will be fascinating. Uh, so I was uh, also looking forward to the episode on uh, with the journalist in Afghanistan, right? Because it's, uh, I mean, all the things that we hear are basically through, mostly through Western media lens, right? Yeah. So someone from there giving a perspective will be great. Yeah. What about you, Nirav? Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, both of these episodes... Uh, sound fantastic. Uh, I think uh, the Battle of Maratha Empire, I think, is also what Bharat Varta is doing. Uh, uh, what you all have done, even with Dr. Uday Kulkarni, as well as like with Anish Gokhale, is uh, a lot of Indians don't know our own history. And uh, we, uh, a lot of people believe that after the Mughal Empire, the British rule started and we miss out the whole Maratha century. So these battles of the Maratha Empire, including uh, the battles of Panipat against the British, uh, where the Marathas even lost. I think if all of these are covered, I think that's a good way to kind of like uh, uh, spread awareness and also uh, helps these authors uh, uh, popularize their books as well. So that is going to be interesting. Uh, Sir Jeffrey Archer has had like, not just he's a master storyteller, he's had a very uh, interesting personal journey as well. Uh, having uh, been to prison and then out and uh, being knighted. Uh, so I think that is like very, very interesting. Uh, given his books uh, convey that he's a great storyteller, I think just listening to him would be like absolutely fantastic. Yeah, a lot of interesting uh, content coming up uh, next week. Do check it out. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining us, uh, folks. I mean, you make our Sunday mornings, I suppose. Uh, right? Uh, I can speak for all of us. Uh, so thank you again. And uh, wish you a wonderful week ahead. Uh, stay safe, take care and see you on the next weekly.